Sunday, November the 6th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Wonderful, isn't it, this morning to be sharing in all that God is doing in a family and uh, sharing in all that God is doing with us as a whole family. My name is Simon Harris, if you don't know, and uh, it's my pleasure to lead the team here. And we're on a journey through probably one of the most famous, if not the most famous parts of the Bible tucked back in the heart of the Old Testament. If you open the Bible up in the middle, you'll almost bump into it, is psalm or song or poem numbered 23. And these are words that down through the ages, people of faith and indeed those without faith yet have drawn on for comfort and strength at particular times of need. And the reason that we've been thinking about Psalm 23 over these last uh, weeks is that we've recognized, in fact, we all probably recognize that we're facing as a culture a bit of a trauma shock. There is a tremor that runs through our culture right now as a response to all that's gone on, the COVID and recovery and things not quite getting back to normal and not quite understanding what a new normal might be and all our rhythms of changed and then there's the war in Ukraine and now the cost of living crisis and in the midst of that the the death of the queen and the end of an era all of these things collectively have created a sense of corporate nervousness or anxiety and certainly apprehension as we look into uh, the future and Psalm 23 addresses all of us in those kinds of situations And if you were to ask me to sum up Psalm 23, and you've probably heard me say this in previous weeks, it's an invitation into a deeper place with God. And that right there corrects what so often we see as a misunderstanding. Just a few days ago, uh, uh, someone said to me, so are you religious? To which I said, no. Do I have faith? Absolutely. And all through history, there's been this sense of people who are religious that try different things in order to make themselves acceptable to God or do different things in the hope that somehow, as a result, as a consequence of those different things, God will somehow be with them, bless them, respond to them, as if it all depends on us. Whereas actually the Christian faith and Psalm 23 is the complete reversal of every act of religiosity. It essentially says, Psalm 23, the Christian faith essentially says that we cannot do this by ourselves and our faith is a gift to us from God. It's about what God does in us and for us way before it's ever even if it ever is about anything that we do for him. 
And so we're invited into this place, this invitation to a deeper place with him. Or maybe invited just to get to know him for the first time. And as we've been journeying through Psalm 23, and you can find it wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find Burlington Audio Podcasts there. We're getting towards the end of this psalm, and it's building to a crescendo. I think you'll have to come back next week for the finale. But we're just uh, in the penultimate verses. And in verse 5, it says, You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. What does that mean? What's that invitation uh, about. Firstly, it's about what God wants to do for our inner world. The world is divided between those who love people touching their heads and those who don't. Those who love the hairdresser and that long lingering getting your hair washed and those just wish that people wouldn't get anywhere near their heads. Leave them alone. But for those of you who love it, it begins to give you an insight as to what this metaphor of your head being anointed with oil is really all about. You don't need me to tell you that as you journey through life, you pick up all kinds of traumas. All kinds of moments that, that affect us, that, that cause grit to gather around the inner workings of our hearts. Disappointments and regrets and failures and missed opportunities and things that people have said to us and done to us and things that perhaps that we regret that we've said and done to other people. And as we journey through life, we pick up all kinds of grit and crud that sticks to the insides of our hearts. And unlike a broken leg or a casualty that we can see physically on the outside and we dial 999, all too easily we pick up this grit, this crud, this disappointment, this injury, this wound in our inner life and we call no one and we say nothing and we just let it linger. And maybe what caused the wound or the hurt or the disappointment is no longer our current reality and we move on and we think that it's over. We think that we've left it behind. But the anger, the frustration, the disappointment, the longing, the hurt lurks deep inside all of us. And when God says that his desire is to anoint our heads with oil, it's an invitation it's an invitation for him to do something in the deepest part of our lives that we cannot do for ourselves. It's a shepherding metaphor originally. And uh, in the Middle East, shepherds used oil for the heads of their sheep. And it was because that in the dusty, hot climate of the Middle East, Flies would gather themselves, particularly around the head of sheep. And one fly mightn't seem very much. One little wound mightn't seem very much. But then two, three, four, lots of flies digging around into the wool of a, head's, uh, of a sheep's head. And because the sheep had no hands or tail to flick them off, the sheep was utterly powerless to do anything about it. And some of us will know what I'm talking about. 
That we've picked up wounds and hurts and anguishes and disappointments and we feel totally powerless to do something about it. And sometimes in the Middle East you will see a a sheep quite literally banging their heads against a wall in agitation, in frustration, because they can't do anything about it. And many of us will know that agitation, that addiction, that I just can't get rid of whatever this is. And into that space, into that place in your heart and mind, Father God says, I long to anoint your head with oil. And the shepherd would come along and quite literally using olive oil and uh, a little bit of uh, sulfur, mix it together as a clean, as a cleansing, soothing, healing balm uh, and rub it around the sheep's head to bring that relief. And they make a little ointment and they place it around the sheep's eyes or maybe even use it to tend an open wound. And here David is saying, our God wants to anoint our heads with oil. He wants to touch us in places where we know we can't touch ourselves. He wants to fix us in places. We know that perhaps for years we've tried the equivalent of banging our heads against the wall because we just can't find the freedom that we long for. And here it is. At the end of this psalm, these words that people have drawn on for centuries is this invitation for God to meet us in those places. The Bible says that he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. If you have come to the end of yourself, to the end of your own resource, to recognize that you have been unable to release yourself from the flies of life that have afflicted your inner world. And maybe today is the day for us to change our posture, to change our leaning, to open up that inner place to a God who says, I've got some oil and I long to anoint you with that oil of cleansing, of healing, of sweet, refreshing Balm. God will meet us on the inside. And then very quickly, and we don't need to move on quickly, and we shouldn't move on quickly, for some of us, maybe that's the place for us to linger this morning. But in these last five minutes or so, there's another metaphor that goes hand in hand with, the, uh, with, with this one. My, he anoints my head with oil and my cup over flows. My cup overflows. This is a a, a metaphor of provision of abundance. Remember, we're back in the Middle East where it's the land is parched, where most of the land is desert. So the idea of a cup overflowing would be extravagant. You probably wouldn't want to let your cup overflow because what was in your cup is a precious commodity. So the idea of a, a cup overflowing is kind of an oxy moron. And yet David is saying the God that provides for your life and mine is so rich, is so abundant, that even in times of drought, even in places of desert, even when it, we would, it would appear to us that there is no resource, he is the God who causes our cup, our lives to over. 
flow. As Steve read to us from those verses in Philippians, when in a human sense, Paul's resources had run out. He says, do you know what? I've learned to be content in every situation and circumstance because I know. Because I know my God will supply all of your needs. All of my needs. Yours and mine. According to his riches. Sorry, according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And I guess there are many things that the Bible talks about our cup overflowing with. The Bible talks about our cup overflowing with hope. Hope. Hope deferred, the Bible also says, makes our hope put off, makes our heart grow sick. And maybe our hearts are sick this morning because we've lost hope. And yet there's a promise that this God, even in a desert place in our lives, can fill us with hope. There's the promise of love that even when we feel out of love resource for our marriage or for our children or for our friends or for our work colleagues, that he would fill us with love and the promise that he would fill us with joy. I wonder if if you think about the need for your cup to overflow today. Is it about hope or is it about love or is it about joy? What do you need in your cup today? The Bible says that God satisfies our hearts with good things. But there's more here in this cup metaphor, this cup analogy. If we were in the Middle East and you came to our house and we were being hospitable towards you. Remember that hospitality is making people feel at home when you wish they were. But imagine if we were being hospitable towards you. We would, as your cup emptied, we would slowly refill it. And every time we refilled your cup, it was a sign in that custom that you are welcome. That you are welcome. But then there would be the moment in the day, in the evening, the equivalent of putting the milk bottles out. When we'd all had enough and we no longer filled your cup and it was a sign to you it was time to go home. And in just the same way as people don't notice when you put the milk bottles out, maybe they wouldn't notice when you stopped filling up their cup. But that was the sign in that culture. That the, that the kind of hospitality was over, that that moment had run out. But then there would be a more precious moment in the relationship. Something more priceless. When you would fill the cup and allow it to deliberately overflow. And that was the moment when you were saying to those people, you are always, always welcome Here, you never have to leave. God says, your cup overflows. Which means you are always, always, always welcome in his presence. You never have to leave. Because in that place where your cup overflows is the place that's truly Become home. That's his invitation to us. However desert-like and parched and broken and wounded our lives feel today. You are welcome 
in his presence. And he is the one that anoints our head with oil and causes our cups to overflow. Would you be quiet with me for a moment? One of our traditions, if you like, one of our rhythms, one of our patterns is to recognize that we need to take hold of what God is saying to us. It's so easy to listen and just walk out the door and carry on as if nothing's happened. And so we just want to pause together and I want to urge you this morning to think about what God might be saying to you. It might have been through the testimonies, through the dedication, through the prayers, through the baptism, through the tears, through the joys, through these words from Psalm 23. What is God nudging you about? What's he whispering in your ear? We believe that he speaks. And maybe you feel like you've never heard God speak before. But maybe suddenly there's an idea, something that, that you're just remembering that, that's, that's uppermost in your mind. I just invite you to think that maybe that's God getting your attention this morning. Getting your attention. So just invite him in. If he's offering you hope or love or joy, if he's offering you comfort, if he's offering you a healing balm, just invite him in. If he's asking you to think about something or to do something, if he promises that he'll give you the strength, just begin quietly to say yes to him. Maybe when Claire was talking earlier about baptism, something just came alive on the inside and God's getting your attention. And then that final promise. Never will I leave you or forsake you. In the midst of uncertainty, this is certain. In the midst of what we don't know, this is what we can know. In the midst of all of our questions. Here is God's answer. I'm with you. I'm with you. And so we receive that truth afresh in our lives. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen.